Hey everyone, I'm Gracie and welcome to Grace of a Military Child podcast. The world should know how unique military children are. We may look like normal children on the outside, but we go through some pretty extraordinary circumstances that shape us to the leaders we are today. That is the sole purpose of this podcast, to share our stories to the world. Welcome to the podcast. How are you today? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm super excited to have you on and to talk about Bloom Military Teens, which you guys started and hear more about that and your story as a military child as well. Super excited to share. (laughs) Yes. So tell me a little bit about which parents served in the military and kind of your relationship as a military child. Yeah, so I've been an Army brat my entire life. My dad uh, is currently a colonel um, in the U.S. Army. This is my, I want to say my sixth or seventh time moving. I'm not 100% sure. I kind of stopped counting after four. Um, (laughs) uh, But yeah, I mean, I guess being a military kid has always been so much of who I am. Um, Like, And I think that goes for anyone who's grown up in the military community, like, your entire life is sort of at the whim of whatever, you know, orders your parents get. And I think in that sense, a lot of my identity is based around being a military kid. But I don't think that like, back to like my relationship with like my dad and my serving family, like, I don't know that it changes the family dynamic any. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think, you know, even with the moving, you quit counting. <laughs> you can't just, it's hard to keep track of everything and where you've been and all of that. I only moved twice, so it's a little easier to keep track of. But I can only imagine having moved so many times to keep track of that. But yeah, that's that's a story to tell as a military child. You have to kind of learn the ropes, I guess from a young age. Yeah, I mean I so I'm a part of the exceptional family member program which basically means like we don't move around as often uh because someone in our family me has a medical condition so I need to be near a hospital um that can like handle that in case things go bad. Um but still, I think I've moved about the average amount of times. I think the average amount of times is 6 to 9. Um so it's it's definitely hard like emotionally but I think I speak for most military kids where there comes like a point in your life where you're like okay I'm ready to move I'm ready to like go on to another place um and you kind of are itching for change of scenery and you know change of a friend group or you know just experiencing something new and I think that although moving a lot is like our biggest struggle it's also one of our biggest like joys and like one of the most amazing parts is that we get to experience so many different things like yeah we have to leave so much behind but we also get to see so much yeah I think that's a good point too because you're leaving behind friends you know potentially people who have become close to family and you're having to leave behind school and all these other kind of amazing things that you've learned along the journey and you have to pick up and move to a new spot that you have no clue 
what it's going to be like most of the time. Yeah, I mean, it it definitely is a shock. Like I, <laughs> I know like there's already a bunch of crap that comes with just moving once now. Like there are kids I know that have moved 13 times, that have moved 11 times, um, which is like almost twice as much as I've moved. And yeah, it's, it's definitely crazy and it's definitely a pain. Um, but I don't think any military kid would trade in that experience. Um, no. I'm, it's, it's really beautiful to be able to go so many different places, although it is really difficult, like you said, to leave our established communities, our schools, our friends. Um, and in a lot of times, like we might be near family too. It's like, it, it can be difficult, but it's also fun. <laughs> Yeah, it is because you're exploring so many different places and uh, most places that not a normal person, a civilian would think of going to. Yeah, I mean, I have my one of my best friends who also uh, we started Bloom together. Um, He currently lives in South Korea, which is so cool. Um, Like he gets to live overseas and experience this whole new culture and this whole different country. And, like, that's just one of the crazy, amazing places that we're sent to as military kids. Like, I've had military kid friends who've been able to live in Italy and Germany and Britain and Australia, like, all over the world. So it it is cool. It is fun. But also, like, <laughs> to for every upside, there's a downside. Um, it's definitely there's a balance. Yeah, I agree. You have to find that balance of... Uh, just life in general, trying to figure out new locations and new friends and new schools because not every school is teaching the same curriculum at the same time. You have to figure out how to adapt to all of that very quickly. Yeah, transferring schools is one of the most annoying parts of moving for sure. I mean, I up until the start of high school, I was homeschooled, so I didn't have to like deal with it for like all of elementary and middle school. But um, I moved, I, I was at one high school my freshman year, and then I moved to my current high school uh, the summer before my sophomore year. And the amount of <laughs> meetings I've had to have with counselors to just clear up like my credits, they almost made me retake algebra one, which I had taken in like eighth grade, because they couldn't figure out that I had taken it. It, it It's just a mess. And it, it is also hard with like the changing curriculum um, because it kind of messes your whole schedule up and you might have sure. to take extra classes. For instance, I have someone on the Bloom team right now who has to take two Spanish credits next year because the, her current school refuses to count uh, the one that she got from a different school. So it it is definitely difficult. Um and definitely a pain, but you know, it's a pain that we suffer to, you know, be in a new place and to experience new things. Yeah, for sure. So where exactly have you lived? Okay. So I was born in Germany and then I moved to like the Washington DC area. Then I moved to Tampa, Florida. Then I moved to Alabama. Then I moved to Pennsylvania and now I'm in like the Miami area of Florida. So this is my second time living in Florida, but just a different part of Florida. So I didn't really count when I said that, but I've also moved like different houses in like different states. So it's like (laughs) overall, I think the amount of moves I've had was six or seven. Um, But yeah, I've lived mostly on the East Coast. Um, So I've 
and mostly in the South as well. Um, but that being said, I've still been able to like see a lot of stuff and go a lot of places, especially when you're moving, you're basically doing a whole road trip. So I've gotten to go to a lot of states and visit all over the country. Um, and that's been really, really cool. I did live in Germany for like two weeks. <laughs> that's where I was born, but I don't remember any of that because yeah. I was flown back to the States uh, to get surgery pretty close after when I was born. So it was like, I only lived there for like two to four weeks. Wow. So I'm actually on the other coast of Florida too. I'm oh, yeah. in Cape Coral, so I'm right over here. But yeah, that's really cool that you've been to all these different places and you know, even the two weeks, four weeks in Germany is still, it's still cool to say, you know, I've lived in Germany. Yeah. I mean, it used to be something kids would make fun of me for because they're like, oh, you're born in Germany. Like you can't become president. Like I wasn't planning on it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's cool just, you know, as military kids to say, you know, hey, I've lived here and I've lived here and, you know, even comparing where you've lived and, you know, just you experience so many different things, even if you live on the same base as someone. Oh, definitely. Like I, I, when I lived in Pennsylvania, I lived at the U.S. Army War College, which is basically like for people listening that might not know, it's basically a program where um, certain officers of the military are invited to study for about a year, um, in this little town called Carlisle. Um, and basically it's a very military heavy community, even outside the base. Um, like that was probably the most military kids I've ever lived in the same place with. Um, it was crazy. And, I got to go to a public high school with all these kids. I got to go. They were all in my neighborhood. They were all outside my neighborhood, like across the street. They worked at all of the shops that I went to. Like it was crazy because it was like the base was so small, um, but the military community expanded far beyond the base and everyone had really, really distinct and different experiences within that one year, even though we were all kind of like in the same place, in the same situation. Um, I have friends who remember it as their best year ever. And I have some friends who were so ready to leave when their one year was up. It's crazy. Yeah. And experiences like that are so special as well, because you're surrounded by the military, which some people, I get it. It's a little hard to just be surrounded by the military and not be surrounded by the outside world. But looking back at it, I wouldn't trade, if I had that experience, I wouldn't trade it for the world because I'm surrounded by people who actually understand my situation that I'm going through. Yeah, it was definitely unique, uh, a very unique situation. And I look back on it as my favorite place I've lived, probably because of its unique situation. I mean, I'd lived on bases before, right before then I'd lived on a base. Um, but I felt like we weren't as connected as we were at Carlisle because it was a far smaller in size, like area community, like the base was smaller, but there were still a bunch of people. And like I said, the community really extended a lot further than the base. And when you look at other places, it doesn't really happen that way. On other bases, it's pretty much the communities on the base. And when you venture out, you're, it's a different world. 
but I felt like there was a really nice harmony of like the civilian world and the military world in Carlisle that just made it a lot more welcoming. Like the school there, they had dealt with so many military kids. They were so welcoming and nice and helpful. It was such a joy and it made my freshman year of high school so much easier to go to a school that was like so welcoming and, you know, that, that can be hard, especially as a military kid being always the new kid. And for me, that was my first time ever at public school. So I was like double the new kid. Um, but I immediately felt very welcomed and very at home at that school. And I was, I was really shocked. Um, but really, I'm really grateful for that. Yeah, that's always a challenge. Um, trying to transition into schools that you've never even been to before. And then you add on the fact that you've never been in a school before that makes it so hard to figure out how to make friends. And, you know, even in most civilian schools, it's hard to figure out friend groups because they've been there for so long that they have their friend groups and you have to try and make your way in and fit in with those friend groups that are already existing. Oh yeah, definitely. And I, I definitely saw that when I moved from Pennsylvania to where I live now in, in Broward County. Um, I was like among kids who had known each other since elementary school and who have been friends since elementary school. Whereas in Carlisle, um, not only were they used to new kids, like the locals were new, were used to new kids coming in all the time, but also a large portion of the student body were also new kids. They were also military. So it was a lot easier to make friends. Um, and I found myself having a really, really hard time adjusting to like civilian life and going to um, a civilian school and trying to fit in. And, you know, it, it was hard. And it definitely that experience for sure. And just moving away from Carlisle and like being in that sort of state, um, is definitely one of the things that led me and Matthew to start Bloom. Uh, I think, I think <laughs> like the idea started like probably the fall of our sophomore years. Cause we were both struggling with such similar things. Um, and it kind of sprang out of that whole, like, it's so hard to get established in, in a place that have like where people have had friendships for like decades, um, being the new kid, especially, when it's like not the time where everyone else is the new kid, like freshman year is, is really, really hard. Yeah. So you mentioned Bloom. Tell me a little bit about that, how the idea came and what kind of the mission of Bloom is. Yeah. So Bloom Empowering the Military Team is this platform. Um, I guess we're still waffling on what to call it um, because of a certain project that's coming up soon. Um, but it's basically a, a platform that is trying to inspire and empower and highlight military teens specifically from all over the world, really. Uh, it kind of started because Matthew O and I, um, we had met in Carlisle in our freshman year. Uh, we met in English class um, and I definitely thought he hated me. And um, it turns out he didn't. And we became really, really close friends. And we spent a lot of time creating things with each other. We're both very creative people. We love music. We love art. We love poetry. We love writing. Um, so we spent a lot of our free time, you know, making things and, and being creative together. And so <laughs> at the end of our year in Carlisle, I moved uh, down here to Florida and he moved way all the way to South Korea. 
Um, and we both really struggled with that transition because we had made such great friends and we'd felt so established in Carlisle. Um, after our freshman year of high school, that the transition was one of the toughest that either of us had really ever gone through. And there was a, definitely a point for me where I just was like, it was really tough. I had been in a pretty depressive state for a while. And one day I was just sort of like sitting on my bed and I thought like, what is this all for? Like, why am I so, why am I going through all this if I can't help other people? also who are going through this, like my struggle and Matthew's struggle and everyone else who's struggling, like it, I don't want my struggle to be for nothing and just for me to struggle. I want it to be able to help other people because I don't want others in the same situation to feel like they're alone because we're really not. Um, so I kind of texted Matthew, uh, in the middle of the night for him, um, which is like the middle of the day for me. And I said, Hey, like, let's do something. <laughs> like, I feel like we're both really struggling. Um, and we don't have a way to help other people who are struggling. And that kind of, um, started the project of bloom. We weren't really sure what it was going to be at first, um, whether we were going to be writing something or like, maybe it was going to be a song or we didn't really know. Um, but I give full credit to Matthew for taking it where it is currently. Um, it was his idea to make sort of a website, um, which has sort of expanded into this giant social media network. Um, and yeah, I mean, currently we have a website, which is www.bloommilitaryteens.org. Um, we post articles, brand new articles twice a week. Um, and on our social medias, we post uh, seven days a week. Um, highlighting old articles, posting about new articles. We have memes, we have discussions. Um, we, we spotlight our staff, which is full of over, I think I want to say, I think it's 27, I believe, um, military teens from all over the globe, um, that Matthew and I have enlisted, um, or have reached out to us to help run Bloom and to write for Bloom and to run the behind the scenes stuff and to help with social media and to help with the videos that we post. Um, and yeah, it's, it's really blown up in the past year and couple months, year and some change. Um, and I'm really, really grateful for that. It's been a really wild ride and I'm so excited to see where it goes in the future. That's really special. And just the fact that you and Matthew, one other military team just got together and said, Hey, this is a need that needs to be filled. Let's figure out some way that we can help fill this need and support the military community as well. Yeah. I think, I think one of the main reasons that really pulled us to action was that we felt like we weren't being, our struggles weren't being represented as what they were. Um, a lot of times when we see, you know, organizations talking about military kids and stuff like that, they talk a lot about their resilience and they also focus a lot on the younger kids. Um, and military kids for sure are resilient. And it's so awesome that like we're resilient, but also like <laughs> with resiliency comes struggle. Um, you can't be resilient if you don't struggle. And I think that that's something that a lot of people gloss over and we were kind of done with having the military kids being represented by adults um, and, you know, having our struggles sort of glossed over by adults. So we figured it was only fair if, like, military kids could actually speak about 
their experiences. Um, you know, that's why our whole, our, one of our slogans is it's by military teens for military teens. We're making content and we're being honest and we're being vulnerable on the internet because we want to help other military teens. Um, and I think that it's it's been super rewarding to just see like the writers that have written some really amazing stuff and some really honest stuff about struggles they've gone through as military kids. Um, one that comes to mind is one of our writers, he, um, both of his parents are out of the country serving and he hasn't seen them in a long, long time. And like, that's really hard on him. And just seeing how he tells that story and how he is grappling with that is really, really hard to read, but also beautiful to read. Um, and it shows you like, yeah, we're painted as resilient and we're painted as strong and whatever, but you know, we all struggle and we wanted to be honest about that. And we also wanted to be, <laughs> also want to be positive, right? Like it, we don't just always struggle. There are definitely some beautiful sides to military life as we were sort of talking about before. So not only do we have like the articles about struggles and the articles about you're not alone in this struggle, but we also have articles about fun stuff. We have quizzes about like, Hey, can you guess which military base is like this based on a picture or like uh we also have articles about like sushi and you know living in japan and you know skiing uh in germany it's it's really really fun um and i i think that it all stemmed from the idea like we want to give military kids a voice um to speak up in their own community because i feel like we we don't really have that platform yeah, and I I totally agree with that. And that's, again, one reason I started the podcast because, you know, we have military kids, let's just say like 12 and under, not a teenager yet. You have these military kids and, you know, the main goal is to try and keep them, for lack of better words, to keep them happy through all of these transitions and you know, try and get them to kind of understand what's going on. And then you have these teens that are like, you know, teenager years are not easy as it is. And then you add the military life on top of that, whether that be moving, whether that be a parent deploying, both, you have all these things that add up on top of it. And then, you know, it's hard to balance your emotions, how you're feeling. And a lot of, there have been kids to commit suicide. There have been kids to, you know, cut themselves or, you know, physical harm that is not necessary, but there's not enough of a community for their support. Uh, even when my dad, this was like 10 years ago, when my dad got hurt, I was nine years old and I was like, I don't know how to deal with this. And there was nothing for us. There, it took maybe a year before we had um, Mrs. Antoine around, who was on the podcast a couple episodes ago, who did sessions where she'd come in and she'd talk with us and sit down and have these conversations of, this is how you're feeling, but that's okay to feel that way. And here's ways to cope with that. And I find that so important to have that community around you to be able to lift you up, to inspire you and to motivate you to just keep going. And 
you know, that your story isn't over and that it's okay to have your experiences and it's okay to feel certain ways and it's important to share those so the rest of the military child community doesn't feel alone as well. Yeah, for sure. And and I also wanted to point out, like you're saying, a lot of military kids do often have mental health uh, issues. Like I think a study done by the Department of the Defense uh, said like one in every five military kids is going to have to start seeking medical um, mental health help before the age of like 16. Um, and that's why on our site, we have a whole page full of resources, not just for mental health, but for, you know, families with wounded uh, veterans, families who are going through deployment. And we try to realize like we're kids, we can't in the right mind, like give people um, like mental health help. Um, but we sure can help encourage you and we can also lead you in the right direction to find people who are licensed and who can actually provide help. I know that like for me, um, I started seeing a therapist, uh, about a year ago, um, because I was having a really hard time coping with everything that was going on, um, with my move. Um, and I, I think that one of the biggest things I want other military kids to know is like, there's an absolutely no shame in like seeing someone, um, and talking to someone about it because, um, it is really hard and it can have really big effects on you as you grow up and as you become an adult. Um, and I think that by showing kids like, Hey, you're not alone in feeling this and also saying like, Hey, it's also, um, it's also, it, it can be alarming to feel this way, but know that there are people you can turn to um, and people that can give you help in your life um, and, and knowing that there are resources for them, I think is, is super helpful. And it's definitely something that we really strive to do. Yeah, I think that's really important and really special that, uh, you know, just because we're kids and, you know, we can't necessarily you know, provide that licensed support. I think it's it's just as meaningful to know that there are other kids out there who are willing to help you. And sometimes just having a friend to talk to makes the world of a difference. Absolutely. I mean, it's it really does. And like for me, I know that I definitely speak for a lot of kids in the community where it's like having other military kid friends especially is so nice to have someone who understands just what you're going through because they went through the same thing um, is really a beautiful thing. And that sort of connection is what we strive to do at Bloom. Um, and we strive to connect people just as much as we strive to help people feel like they're not alone. Um, one of the best parts about doing what I do for Bloom is like I do a lot of social media stuff among many other jobs. Um, but I get to see people in the comments interacting and um, complimenting each other and reaching out for each other. Um, one time there was someone who commented on a post said like, oh, I'm really struggling with this right now. I'm going through a tough move. And someone responded to their comment and said, hey, I know what that's like. Like, feel free to reach out to me, like send me a DM. And it was one of several people. And it was just really beautiful to see like, wow, this is actually helping people. This is connecting people. This is doing more than just us posting about our tough times on the internet. This is 
making a difference in someone's life. And like, that's crazy and awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And just seeing that the military community is one big family. We're always there at the drop of a dime to help someone to um, encourage and support people. Like we're always there to do that. And to see that just in the comment section of an Instagram post it just shows you the family that the military community really is. Yeah, definitely. And we're trying to, you know, make our own little family within the military community too. We call our, um, our community bloomers. Uh, we have our shirt. I'm wearing our shirt right now. Uh, we like to play with that word, of course. And so we have a shirt that's okay, bloomer. Um, and, (laughs) but yeah, we, we are so grateful for all of the support we've gotten from this community that we've made on our little corner of the internet. It has been overwhelming. Um, and you're right. It's a beautiful example of the family. Like I feel like we were just accepted like as bloom with open arms and just everyone was so kind and generous and supportive every step of the way. I mean, it's been a year and three months, four months, Um, and it's been a joy and it's like my favorite thing to do every morning, um, is to work on bloom stuff because I know that, um, it's so appreciated by our community and I appreciate their support just as much. And yeah, I mean, you're so right. It definitely is a family and I'm so lucky to be a part of it. That's amazing. And that's so, it's, it's so good to hear that there are things out there that are you know, like Bloom trying to help military teens and military kids as well, just, you know, figure out life and because you can't do it alone. You can't do it alone at all. Nope. That's for sure. Yes. So transitioning on, um, and you don't have to talk about it if you don't want to, but can you tell me a little bit of your experiences as part of the exceptional family member program? Yeah, I mean, it, you don't realize, like, as, as an exceptional family member program person, I don't know what you'd call us, um, <laughs> um, you don't realize, like, what a status symbol, you know, the amount of times you've moved is sometimes, um, until you're put in that situation. And I never thought like, I never thought like truly about the amount of times I've moved. Like you saw, I didn't even know off the top of my head, like how many times I've moved. But when I started saying like, oh, I've only moved like X amount of times, like five or six times, people would look at me super weird. And I felt like I had to explain myself. Like I had to say like, oh, we, we can't move as much. Um, you know, we can't go places. And I, it, it's, it, it feels like it's a burden, you know, I feel like because I have heart disease and because I need to be near a doctor, my family can't go to certain places overseas because they don't, um, certain bases don't have the medical care that I might need. Um, and not only do I feel like I'm letting my family down in that regard, but also, like I said earlier, it, it makes it makes it like a whole nother thing I have to explain whenever I meet someone. Um, you know, it's one thing, it's bad enough to just explain like the whole where are you from question. Like that yes. takes about five minutes to explain That's the anyways. hardest question. Oh, for sure. 
And then like on top of that, like having to explain why I haven't moved as much um, is definitely a pain. So I, I 100% empathize with, I have friends who are um, retired and whose parents work for the civilians um, and who still move around, like civilians in the DOD, and they still move around who've only moved like three times. And I 100% empathize with like that feeling of like the amount of moves that you've had is a status symbol. And it's like the more you have, the more of a military kid you are. And that's absolute BS. Like, I think that's so dumb because a retired military kid to me is just as much of a military kid as I am as an active duty military kid. A reserves military kid is just as much of a military kid as a military kid who's moved 13 times. Um, It's not about the amount of moves that you've had (laughs) or the places that you've been able to go because you're in the military. It's about the community and it's about, you know, knowing that your family in some aspect like serves your country. Um, And I think that like it's just dumb that kids use it as a way to show that they're more of this, um, like more of a military brat than anyone else. Because no, as long as you are serving your country in this way, I, you are a military brat. There's no rank yeah, and I totally agree with that. I was uh, I was born into a military family. My dad was in the military when I was born. And then after my sister was born a year, about a year and a half later, he got out of the military. And then he rejoined after seven years, and he joined into the reserves. So I didn't move. I didn't have to move at all. We stayed in our same home that I grew up in and... We were able to keep our friends and all of that. And then he deployed, which does not typically happen in a reserve uh, status. And he deployed, he took a deployment and he got hurt. And so then we had to move to Texas so he could get recovery treatment there. And then he retired right after that. So even though it's only two moves, it's still you know, I'm still a military kid. Like I still, you know, I still wear that as like a badge because it's part of who I am. It's part of my experiences. You know, I was raised as a military child. So I think it's, it's hard for some people to understand that just because you don't have as many moves makes you more or less of a military child. And I also feel like there's a lot of like, and this is coming from an active duty military brat, so I can say this. Um, <laughs> like active duty military brats think they're the best. Like they, yeah. like they think they're the ultimate military brat because, you know, their parent is currently serving. And that's also not true. Like, like exactly. I said, reserves kids are just as much of a military brat than active duty kids. Um, Even I count National Guard kids as military kids. Yes. You know what I mean? Like they are... We are all a part of this community and I'm, there are definitely, I definitely know kids who judge based on whether your parent is in the reserves or active duty or retired. And I think that's absolute crap because at the end of the day, being a military kid is a part of your identity. It's not about whether or not your parent is currently serving, um, because that's not what makes a military kid. The part that makes a military kid is that you are the kid of someone in the military who was or is. And like the fact that people 
pass judgment like that and the fact that especially active duty kids think that they're better than everyone else because their parent is currently serving is terrible. And I wish it didn't happen. It's just like one of many problems we have in our community that a lot of people don't really talk about because I don't know that a lot of people think about it, but it's definitely there. Yeah, I agree. It is definitely there and you can see it. And I don't want to, I don't want it to sound like it's going to sound bad when I say it, but <laughs> like, it's okay. I already said some stuff that probably sounds bad. <laughs> uh, military kids think as soon as they graduate, as soon as they, their parent retires, as soon as, you know, any separation, they're like, oh, I'm done being a military kid now. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you are a military child until the day you die. Like your parent sacrificed something to be in the military and you even sacrificed to be a kid even if that was for a year or two of your life like you sacrificed as well even you know if you were a baby and you know you don't even remember you're still a military kid right it's 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 definitely a part of your identity it's like it and I understand people who might not want to be military kids anymore and like might want to distance themselves from their that label and I understand that and like that's valid but also like like you said it's how you were raised it's a part of who you are in a lot of ways like I have we interact with adults a lot at Bloom just as much as we interact with teens and a lot of them refer to themselves as ex-military brats and I'm like why ex like yeah, <laughs> you're just I as know. much of a military brat as I am because like your mom or your dad served um and yeah, it, it's definitely a part of who you are because it affects a lot of how you grow up and a lot of who you become. So for me, I'll always call myself a military kid, maybe not a military teen. Um, <laughs> I think that's like only a specific set of years. Yes. Um, but yeah, being a military kid is definitely like not, not an identity, part of my identity I'm willing to give up so easily. <laughs> yeah, it's hard, especially once you've lived you know, you remember living those ages as being a military kid and moving. It's harder to give it up. And sure, maybe you've had a situation where you're not, I don't want to say not a fan of the military, but not, you don't appreciate it as much as someone else does. But you're still a military kid. You had those experiences. You know, you deserve to be recognized as a military kid even though you're not connected to the military anymore you still deserve to have that yeah and I agree with what you said before about like military kids definitely sacrifice stuff something that a lot of people have told me growing up is like oh you don't serve you're not a military kid you don't sacrifice as much and I disagree I think that we have to sacrifice a lot in our childhood and especially when you get to your teen years, I feel like maybe even more so, like of of like so much stuff, like between moving, between having your parent deploy, between growing up in that sort of a space, you know, having to, you know, maneuver a parent who might have PTSD or a physical wound um, from any of their tours, like there are so many things that come with being a military kid that take up your life, that will consume it. Um, and I think that 
there's a lot of sacrifice that comes with being a military kid. I've had to lose a lot to be able to help support my dad as he serves the country. But I also know that like, it's, it's something I'm so honored I get to do. Um, and it's something I'm so glad I get to do. And I'm so happy to be in this community only simply for the community. Honestly, like just that alone, um, makes me so honored to be in there, but to know that like, um, because, um, I'm helping support my family, I'm, you know, doing something, um, to, you know, support my country. Also, it's, it's a really gratifying feeling. Yeah. You feel rewarded at the end of the day because you know, you made a difference, even if that was just as simple as taking the trash out, like you're still, you know, you're doing something to help your family out. That's, might be challenging for them to you know find like two seconds to even do that because you know one parent's deployed and you know the other parent's running the household you know by themselves and that's another thing where you know children don't get the recognition they deserve you know as one thing but then the spouses don't get the recognition they deserve either yeah especially because a lot of spouses have to you know take a break from being employed for a while to run the household and to help their service member move around. Like my mom hasn't worked since she had me. Um, and that's coming up on 18 years. Like it, it's, they, they give up so much, just as much as our serving parents do, you know, to support our serving parent and also the rest of the family. And I think that, um, spouses also just, they don't get as much recognition as they deserve. Really, the military would not run without a great group of spouses. I totally agree on that. So one last question before we go. Uh, what advice would you give to a military kid? Oh, so much. I have so much <laughs> advice, but I, yes. I have like, uh, my, my biggest one is to not be afraid to try things. Um, because I think that that was something I, that was a hump I definitely had to get over. You know what I mean? Um, I was nervous about what people would think of me and I was nervous about like what would happen, but there came a point in my life where I was just kind of like, you know what, I'm going to try something cause I'm interested in it. I'm going to try something because I'm curious and that everything I've tried and everything I've been, you know, curious or brave enough to, you know, experience, um, has made me the person I am today. And I think that as military kids, we get to do and see a lot and take advantage of that. Try everything that you possibly can. If there's a new food that you're a little skeptical of wherever you live, try it. See, you might end up loving it. If there's a club that no other school you've ever been to has offered, try it, see what it's like, see if you like it. Um, you never know what is going to be the thing you end up loving or the thing that you end up really, really enjoying or that really, really brings joy to your life. Um, And that's why I tell everyone, but especially military kids, like take those opportunities you're given, try those things because we're given, like we're so, like we're so lucky to live this lifestyle and to be in this community And I think that to live your entire military kid life without trying anything new and without sort of going out of your 
comfort zone is a shame. And I think that you should, you know, try to step outside and just try to try new things because you're given such an amazing opportunity to experience so much. So make the best of it. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, thank you, Elena, for being on the podcast today. I enjoyed hearing a little bit of your story and hearing about Bloom and how that started. And I look forward to seeing where Bloom ends up in the future and seeing how it expands. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a real pleasure to have this conversation. Thank you so much for tuning into the Grace of a Military Child podcast. For more inspiring stories like these, be sure to review, like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. You can also find us on at Grace of a Military Child podcast on Instagram, and be sure to check out our YouTube page. If you are or know of a military child who would like to be featured on an episode of this podcast, DM us on Instagram. Be sure to tune in next week when we hear another inspiring story. Until then. Thank you.